Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salam ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in Alhamdulillah, welcome to the Maradiyya show Where we are meeting people where they are I'm your host, Shadid Muhammad So today on, uh, um, or tonight On our episode of the Maradiyya show We're going to be talking about um, The subject of infidelity um, as you guys know, um, for the past maybe week, uh, we have been discussing mistresses, we've been discussing uh, infidelity, and uh, today, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to speak about it in a little bit more detail. All right, so the title of our discussion today is Monogamy 99% of the time is still infidelity. Mm. Monogamy, 99% of the time is still infidelity. All right. Um, so today, alhamdulillah, I have um, uh, a guest with me uh, who's no stranger to most of you, if not all of you. And that is none other than brother Hassan Clay from That Clay Couple. Jazakallah khair wow, yeah. for joining me tonight. Alhamdulillah. So um, we want to start off the subject. I think the discussion about infidelity, um, there's so many angles that we can look at it. Mm -hmm. We can look at it from a spiritual perspective. Mm -hmm. We can look at it from a clinical perspective. We can look at it from a moral perspective. Mm -hmm. um, let's, I mean, like whichever angle you feel comfortable um, discussing this topic. Uh, we have a lot of, I've received within... Uh, the past week I've received numerous emails of sisters uh, Muslim women who are complaining um, about or not necessarily complaining but expressing their frustration with mm -hmm. um, the you know the the prevalence of infidelity, infidelity in right. the Muslim community right and, and, and so have I to be honest with you uh -huh. um, it's been one that really if, if I if I can say it this way I've been hearing it for a minute now, based upon the work that myself and Naila that we do. It's every time you turn around, it's somebody who is messing around. Not, I mean, just messing around and and doing some things that that they shouldn't be doing as far as being intimate with someone else. I, I'm gonna ask this question to you: Will we be speaking? purely on this fact of infidelity or we're going to be speaking on a on a fact of just illegal or illegal sexual relationships that go on period well i want to i want to actually explore i want to i want to unpack i want to i want to unpack all of this okay even from the perspective of some of um the excuses that some men use i'm not even I, i'm not even talking about um, you know, engaging in an emotional relationship with a woman on right, the side, right. and then wifing her in the construct of what looks like polygyny. I'm not. Right. I'm not even talking about no. that. Right. I'm talking about even from you know just the perspective of some men. We live in an environment where we're surrounded by women, and I want I want to validate some of men's fear of living in an environment where you're surrounded by women. You know what I mean? That you have um, men that work at jobs where they might be the only man at the job, and the temptation mm -hmm. is real. Right. That that's what I want to I, I want to validate that. 
All right, so let me let me let me do that first because okay. some men think that when we sit here, we're sitting from a place of privilege right. because maybe you believe that we're religious, maybe you believe that we're you know spiritual, spiritually inclined, and we're married, so we don't have to deal with these things. Temptation is right. real for uh, all of us. Exactly. exactly. You understand? Exactly. Exactly. Like men who work in education, not just education, but even working, for example, in corporate, in the or corporate in retail, world. In the, in the retail In the spot. retail oh, business. Exactly. I, I remember as a clinical counselor working at a halfway house when the vast majority of the people that were working there were women, you know, because mm-hmm. it requires you to have a bachelor's degree at bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And majority of the people who are graduating from, especially in the African-American uh, community, like, mm-hmm. you know, women, black women are graduating from universities at rates that are astronomical. Far, right, far exceed black Right, women. exactly. Right. So a lot of these jobs that require bachelor's degrees, require degree holders, those are environments wherein men are minorities and black mm-hmm. men are even more of a minority in mm-hmm. those environments. Mm-hmm. So now you're walking into an environment and you're surrounded by women. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, some of these women are just purely desperate. Yes, social service work. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are social service work. Majority mm-hmm. women. Trust me, I know. And, you know, some of these women are just desperate. Right. And they'll they'll take a man any way that they can have it. So what I'm what I want to do is I want to validate, you know, the fear, the fear that men have. It's legitimate. The fear is legitimate. All right. I want to legitimize. I want to validate the fear of falling into infidelity. All right. Um, the Prophet Wasallam. I was doing some, um, you know, writing down some notes before we came here. And that it is normal to be in an environment where, as a man, you are surrounded by women and to be tempted. You know, it, the temptation is real. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, The Prophet ﷺ, let me block this person. The Prophet ﷺ, he said that, um, if a man looks at the beauty of a woman, if the man looks at the beauty of a woman and is tempted by the beauty of a woman, then let him go home to his wife for indeed she has what she has. Mm-hmm. All right. So when we look at this hadith, let's dissect this hadith for a second. Mm-hmm. Number one, the Prophet Wasallam is speaking to the nature of a man is that mm-hmm. when you see a woman, you are going to get aroused. Right. You look at her in a sexual manner. The Prophet right. in this hadith is referring to a look that is sexually oriented. All right. Not just a normal look, but a look at a woman and you're seeing her beauty and you are tempted. You are aroused. So the Prophet is speaking to that reality that Mm -hmm. if a man looks at the beauty of a woman and is tempted, Mm -hmm. is tempted, then let him go home to his wife. So, number one, the temptation is real. Temptation is real. Right. Number two. Uh, the Prophet ﷺ not only validated the temptation, the, the you know the existence of the temptation, but he also gave a remedy Being for that on, on how to deal with. All it. right, and part of that remedy is sex. All right, so he said that go home to your wife for she has what she has, meaning your wife has the same thing that that woman you just saw has. Mm-hmm. She has the same thing that she has, mm-hmm. meaning a way for you to satisfy that sexual urge. Mm-hmm. So. What about, right, what about men who find themselves in this situation where they're seeing, the, you know, they're witnessing the beauty of the women, they're tempted, 
but they don't have a woman to go home to. So what are they supposed to do? All right. Um, then in that case, the Prophet Wasallam said fast, you know, fast. Fasting helps to cut off the desire, right? To, to weaken the desire. Mm-hmm. All right. So in Islam, what I'm saying is that in Islam, we have remedies. We're not just sitting here, a ball of emotion, a ball of, you know, temptation, and we just give into it. And it seems like in the Muslim community that we don't ever take the legislative, you know, um, remedies that are given to us. The Prophet Sallallahu said, go home to your wife because she has what she has. Mm-hmm. So that means that if you're single and you find yourself, you know, surrounded by temptation, go get married. Right. Like, why are you still single? I, I don't understand that. Right. And that, I that, mean, that, 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 now, that's the ironic thing for me is there's entirely too many sisters out here right. for, a, a, for a man to be single. Right. You know, so I'm trying to figure out what. You know, excuse me, you, you, maybe you can't do it, but I will. What the hell wrong with you? Right. You know, I, I mean, literally, what in the hell is wrong with you? If you can't find a wife, is, I mean, they're walking up and down the street. Since you see them, then go get you a wife. Now, it's, it's more to, in my opinion, it's more than just saying, okay, I'm giving me a wife just to satisfy my sexual desires. You have to be able to be responsible mm-hmm. for this woman. And for taking on the mantle of a relationship. So if you're just stuck in this whole carnal aspect of, you know, I just, carnal aspect. You know, I just need to get this sex off of me. I just need to get this off my chest. Then maybe fasting might be the thing that you need to do. Because also, I believe the fasting also puts you in check and catch up, make, let you catch up with your spirituality in this, mm. whole, in this whole aspect, too. Not just, okay, I have to have some balance here. Maybe you off balance if the only thing you're thinking about is sex. Right. That, that, that's just my opinion. Based well, the, the, the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ is basically referring to men that are already married. He said mm-hmm. that if one of you sees the beauty of a woman and is aroused, right. then let him go home to his wife. Right. Well, I, I was thinking about the second one you said, you know, if for the single brothers. That if you're not married. If you're not married. Than fast, right, right, and so in this whole aspect, that may be because that urge is hitting you so much. Then what's happening here? You have now become off balanced, right? You know, and so the fasting will allow for the balance to take place to bring you back until you get to a point of getting a wife, right? That I mean, that was the only point. That no, that that is the that is the other that is the other component to that. The Prophet Sallallahu he said, Ya ma'ashar al-shabab man istata'a minkum al-ba'a falyatazawwaj. That, um, oh, you group of young men, whoever from amongst you has the ability to get married, then let him do so. Mm-hmm. For indeed, it will help him to lower his gaze. It will help him to restrain, you know, and protect his chastity. Mm-hmm. He said, And he who does not have the ability to get married, then let him fast. Mm-hmm. So fasting is, he said, because fasting will serve as castration. Mm-hmm. It will function in the capacity of being castrated, meaning mm-hmm. it will sever the desire. desire. It exactly. will weaken the desire. Exactly. And, and literally it does. When you're fasting, you don't have no food in your system. You don't have anything in your system. It literally weakens that desire. Right. Last thing you want to do right at that point. Right. <laughs> exactly. You're trying, to, you're trying to salvage whatever little mm-hmm. bit of energy you have, mm-hmm. you know, for, for you to be able to do your normal functions throughout mm-hmm. the day. The last thing you're mm-hmm. thinking about is sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like, 
like so what 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 I'm saying here is that Islam does provide solutions mm -hmm. for us. We have to be solution oriented. We cannot just be men walking around single or even married for that manner, uh, allowing our desires to just rule us. That is that is counterproductive to who you are supposed to, to be, be as a Muslim. As a Muslim, a Muslim, the word Muslim itself, it denotes submission, right? That you have submitted. And if you're if you are the type of man that your desires rule you, you have not submitted. Not to God. You've submitted to your desires. desires. Right. So you right. are literally a walking contradiction. Mm-hmm. You're a walking contradiction. You are. You have submitted to your desires, and everything that has been legislated for us in, in in Islam, in terms of our beliefs, our theology, as well as our you know ritual acts of worship, has been designed for us to turn our attention to submitting to God mm -hmm. and not submitting to another human being, not submitting to our own desires, right. but submission, full submission to God. Right. So it's almost like in the Islamic community that we are Muslim without Islam. Right. You know, we are Muslim without values, without values, Muslims mm -hmm. without morals, well, Muslims mm -hmm. without the submission, mm -hmm. you know, which I don't without guidance. Without, I mean, which which is to a total contradiction because everything about us is based upon guidance. Right. So in this and I think some of the things that we don't look at is words. Mm -hmm. And in this instance, you said a word that was key. We don't take up the mantle of chastity. Mm. We don't. I don't believe we even understand that word anymore. Mm. It's like you know, who in the world going around talking about? You know, I'm gonna be chaste. You know, unless they always talking about a woman. Mm. But chastity is for a man too. You have to guard and protect yourself too, because if you don't, then what you're gonna go around here doing is thinking you could sleep with this woman. You know, because, I mean, there's rampant women around. I mean, okay, there, there, it's just plenty of them around. And you see them, you're in the area with them. Somebody's going to talk to you. Somebody's going to try to play up on you. You know, or maybe you might be doing the plan because you have not got in your mind to be settled. You think you got some type of buffet going on or some type of smorgasbord going on <laughs> that you can just really go and taste all these different women when right. you... When that's not what you're supposed to do, right? So, and then I mean, you look from a moral perspective. When you mm -hmm. look at, for example, the story of Prophet Yusuf mm -hmm. alayhis um, he was tempted. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think you go back to the story of Prophet Yusuf alayhis one of my favorite stories in the Quran. Mm -hmm. um, Prophet Yusuf was trapped in the room with this woman. Right? Here's Prophet Yusuf given half of the beauty of Adam. I mean, to such a degree that, and, and this is for all you pretty boys out there, you know, all you pretty guys out there, all you handsome, you know, yeah. with the nice shape up in the mirror, licking your lips, you know, you, you know what I mean? Like you, you know who I'm talking about. You, you guys know who I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. I'm talking about I'm you. I'm talking about you. Right? The one you right you. here, you right. listening right now, pretty boy, right? <laughs> Understand something as handsome as you believe you are. Your handsomeness comes with a price tag, and that is temptation. All right, and a lot of times, you guys, you are in the mirror, you in you in the barbershop every other week. You know what I mean? Like you 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 know that you're handsome. Right. You know that you're handsome, right? Mm -hmm. But when you look at the story of Yusuf, Yusuf was tested with his own beauty. Allah mm -hmm. Subhanahu wa Taala gave Yusuf half of the beauty of Adam, right? 
half, half of the beauty of Adam was given to Prophet Yusuf. And he was tested with that. He was tested with that. So all of you guys out there thinking you God's gift, Allah's gift to all of the sisters, all of you brothers out there who believe you are pretty boys, you're handsome, you have to understand something, that shaitan knows your weakness. Shaitan mm -hmm. knows that you, your thoughts about yourself being a ladies' man, mm -hmm. that's a weakness. Right, that plays against you. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That works against you, not mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. You're thinking that I can have any woman I want, Every woman that sees me, wants, wants me, me, she feeling me, she's, you know, you smelling yourself. But what mm -hmm. you don't see on the other side of that is that your handsomeness, your beauty is going to be a fitna for you. Mm -hmm. And you don't know how to ward, you know what I mean? Uh, you don't know how to ward that fitna off. You right. don't have the strength. You don't right. have you don't the have spiritual fortitude right. exactly. to ward that off when it comes to you. And so mm -hmm. you succumb right. every single time. And you're not trying to cultivate it either. And you're not trying to cultivate. See, it's a difference with you recognizing, okay, I'm a handsome dude. I'm a good looking dude. I'm a good guy. That's confidence. Mm -hmm. That's confidence. But you also know that your handsomeness, your beauty can also be a fitna for you as mm -hmm. well. And that same thing goes for women as well. You, as beautiful as you believe you are, your beauty sometimes can attract the wrong person. And you have to be able to, as, as beautiful as you believe you are on the outside, you have to be just as beautiful on the inside. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you succumb on the outside and you suffer on, on the, the inside. inside. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, this is not a joke. Prophet Yusuf, alayhi salam, caught in a room with this woman. The woman comes up to him, closes the door behind him. It's just him and her in the room, right? Mm -hmm. Temptation, staring you right in your face. Nobody knows that. Nobody knows what's going on but Allah. Right. Same thing with you, brother, at the Xerox machine in the office. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You come into the office. You know you 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 know you're a pretty guy. You got you, you dress nice. You, know, you smell you're nice. Out, you right. Know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And Shaitan plays on it every single time. Shaitan's sitting back, looking at you like, look at this guy. I got him. I got you. I got you. You think you handsome? You think you you the ladies man? You think you that guy? I got you. Because that becomes your Achilles heel. That's your weakness. Mm -hmm. That is your weakness. And Shaitan knows it. So she closes the door and she says to him, Hey Telek, come. And she tries to seduce him. And the only thing that saved Prophet Yusuf in that situation was number one, a moral compass. Mm -hmm. Number one, because some of us are so spiritually disconnected. We don't even have a moral compass. Mm -hmm. We will go as far as the situation will allow us to go. Mm -hmm. We don't we don't have a moral compass. Mm -hmm. We don't draw a line in the sand. Mm -hmm. We giving women our numbers. We're riding in cars with women. Wallahi I've seen Muslim men and women riding in the cars with each other, riding in the front seat with each other. Like and I'm I'm sitting here scratching my head like damn like you don't see nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yo, could you give me a ride home? And it's just like, how are you a single Muslim man? She's a single Muslim woman and she's going to give you a ride home and that's supposed to be okay. And y'all just friends. Y'all cool. Ain't nothing going to happen. Didn't the Prophet ﷺ say that if a man is alone with a woman, that shaitan is the third party? What part of that don't you understand? Mm -hmm. You overestimate yourself and you underestimate your eternal right. enemy, shaitan. Shaitan. Mm -hmm. Shaitan is your eternal enemy and he will stop at nothing to see you fall from grace. Mm. So 
uh, Yusuf السلام, the only thing that protected him, right? The only thing that protected him in that situation was his moral compass. He said, uh, He said, Allah forbid, I can't do this with you. Your husband raised me. That's a mm-hmm. moral compass. compass. Mm-hmm. That's a moral compass. Mm-hmm. I cannot sleep with the wife of the man that raised me. Right. He That's had a, a conviction. He right. Had a conviction. He had moral conviction, which mm-hmm. is something that some of us don't have as right. men. You, you, I mean, like, you know, Muslim men will sleep with, you know. I mean, with their with they boys, right. girl. What's your boys, girl? You'll mm-hmm. wait for your man to divorce his wife or I know situations, wallah, I know situations where brothers have encouraged their wives to ask their husbands for a khula, for a divorce, mm-hmm. so he can marry her. Mm-hmm. This is the level of immorality mm-hmm. and debauchery. Mm-hmm. The level, we're talking about Muslims, people who say La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah and you would encourage your man's wife to ask him for a divorce so you can turn around and marry him. Mm-hmm. Right? In what like you have no shame. You, you have, have no, no shame. shame. And this but, is not a judgment. This is just the reality of things. The reality you, of you, it. You have no shame. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, there, that, but it shows that there's no moral compass there. Mm-hmm. Yusuf السلام, who wasn't even a prophet at this particular time so we can't say that he was guided by revelation he wasn't even a prophet mm-hmm. he wasn't even a prophet but he had moral conviction he mm-hmm. said your husband raised me mm-hmm. your husband raised me I can't do this the prophet وسلم, was asked what is the worst type of sin he said to associate partners with Allah he said then what he said to disobey your parents he said, then what? He said, to sleep and to zaniya halila tajadik. To sleep with the wife of your neighbor. That is a major sin. Why is that so bad? Why is it bad to sleep with the wife of your neighbor? The Prophet could have said to sleep with a woman that is not your wife. He didn't say that. Because zina, as we're going to get into, is on different levels. Adultery is uh, on different the levels. levels. Okay. Sleeping with a woman who is not your wife and she's a complete stranger, that's, a, that's one issue. Sleeping with a woman who is your wife's best friend, that's another issue. <laughs> that's a whole other issue. And you have so many Muslim men who try to wife. Brothers, let me just say this to you. For those of you who believe that you're going to play it safe and you are going to marry your wife's friend as a second wife let me tell you that will never work your wife and your second wife her friend are not going to ride off into the sunset holding hands as co-wives and and live happily ever after that situation never works out i don't know one situation where that has worked when it's it's all good at the beginning. Your wife is going to say, "Oh yeah, you can marry her. That's my bestie. That's my friend. Inshallah, we'll all get it." Right? Someone won't now. Right? Until <laughs> the emotion sets in. Right? Because someone won't. Someone will find out that this is what you're doing. Right? And they they will wind up having a problem. But once it. the emotion sets in, mm-hmm. right? Um, things get real at that point. It's no longer cute 
we all out together and we're all one big family and we're polygyny, pro-polygyny. Like all of that stuff goes out the window because right. now real emotions set, mm. set in. Jealousy, insecurity, immaturity, all of those things settle in. And believe it or not, many of us, are, we don't have the emotional intelligence to be able to combat all of these things when they're confronting us at one time. When you say emotional intelligence, explain it's, Dig just a tad deeper into that. Emotional intelligence, what I mean by that is, you know, understanding, you know, how our emotions impact us. Mm-hmm. To what degree and how to, how to manage our emotions when we see them, you know, rearing their ugly heads. Mm-hmm. Emotions are designed are our signals for us. Mm-hmm. That's something, you know, it's something something else is happening. Something, something else is, is happening. Taking place. These are right. signals for you. Mm-hmm. We have emotions. Allah wired us as such that emotions are signposts for you that mm-hmm. something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Something is wrong. If if it's a negative emotion, if it's a negative right. Right. Because you have positive emotions, negative emotions, but mm-hmm. emotions you know, come up because they are warning you about something. something right. So now you, uh, emotional intelligence allows you to identify, number one, what the emotion is. Number two, the situation that triggered the emotion. And number three, how to manage that emotion so it does not hurt the people that you love. Mm-hmm. That is what I mean when I say emotional intelligence. All right? Emotional intelligence. All right? So... Are you blocking somebody? Yeah. Okay. So, understand how these things work. Um, let, let me just say that again. Brothers, any one of you who has ever thought about marrying your wife's friend, best friend, that situation is never going to work. I get it. You're playing it safe. You think this is someone that, you know, um, you know, you you think does it? I, I'm not advocating polygyny, although I am an advocate of polygyny if it's done in the right way. But this is not a topic about me advocating polygyny. I don't understand what conversation you're listening to. We're talking about men who messing lose around with moral other women. compass. Exactly, you You're lose talking about your moral men who compass. are doing wrong. Right. We talk about men who right. are sleeping. Let me be clear. Yeah. All right. We're talking about men who are sleeping. With women that they have no business sleeping with, being it someone they're trying to marry, being if it's a good they kind of girlfriend and somebody or whatever the case may be, if you are not lawfully married to this woman, you have no business sleeping with her. So we should not have any more crazy questions coming about about anything other than what we are talking about. I'm, you you go through too much. I'm, I'm just going to tell you, you know. So. Class. So Yusuf salam, he number one, he had a moral compass. He said, I can't do this with you because your husband raised me. Right? Your husband raised me. Number two, uh, he asked Allah for his intervention because sometimes we have to realize our limitations as men. Mm-hmm. We have to realize our limitations. You know what I mean? All right. Uh, some people in here, let me. Block him. Uh, let me block him too. So, um, you have to, as a man, you have to recognize your limitations. You have to recognize when you are in over your head and, you know, implore Allah for his intervention. Mm-hmm. 
going back to the same story of Yusuf, when um, the wife of the Aziz, you know, uh, you, you know, she went, they were teasing her, like, because that was seen right. as something that was, you know, beneath her. Like, mm-hmm. here you are, the wife of the Aziz, um, and you are trying to seduce your maidservant, you know. Mm-hmm. And so she wanted to prove to them that he was worth it. <laughs> He was worth risking her entire right. relationship, mm-hmm. you know. So he, she invited the women over. She gave each one of them, um, you know, um, gave each one of them a, a, an apple, mm-hmm. piece of fruit, fruit. and mm-hmm. a knife. Mm-hmm. And then she called Yusuf out because she wanted them all to see Yusuf and how beautiful he was and to show them that this guy is worth risking it all. Mm-hmm. So she called Yusuf out. And when the women saw um, Yusuf, they begin cutting their hands, and they said, That this is not a, a, a human being. This is this is an angel. That's how beautiful he was, mm-hmm. right? Here again, his beauty being a fitna for him. Mm-hmm. And so she said that now, if you don't do what I asked you to do the first time, uh, I'm going to have you put in prison. I'm going to ruin your reputation. Right. This is what toxic people do when they can't control you. They control how other people see you. Mm-hmm. And so what Yusuf did at that moment is that he called on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, realizing that this was above him. Right. He was in over, of, right. he was over his head. in over his head. You need Allah's intervention as a man. You have to recognize your limitations. And, and sometimes that, women come after you as a right. man. Maybe you didn't do anything, but this woman, she's on the prowl. Right. Shaitan is fueling her and she's after you. Right. She's constantly in your face, constantly smiling at you. You know, for whatever reason, she finds your phone number or she right. DMs you or whatever the case right. may be. You have to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove this person from you. Don't entertain it. Understand that you are in over your head. Well, and, and here, here I, want, I want to look at something in that story. And that was just something I was thinking about from that story. Not only do you have this one woman doing something, but now you have a collective group of women. Right. You know, and and some, sometimes at your job, you can have multiple women, women that are coming for you. That are coming for you. Multiple women that are on your heels. And and, and, and I'm not sitting here, and I'm not going to sit here and say that something even wrong with these women. Because in this, they may not have the aptitude to say, look, let me control myself and my desires. Let me peel back and whatever the case may be, not understanding that that might even be more attractive to the man because, you know, she just ain't like she ain't thirsty. You know, she and understand that as a man to resist a woman woman actually pushes her further it ignites her fire especially you know a woman Mm -hmm. that doesn't have a moral compass whether she's Mm -hmm. muslim or not not muslim Muslim. to deny a woman access to you it only fuels them even more more. because now now this is the chase right and that's what now she has to prove that she can take you down now she has to prove to herself that she can actually get you and she doesn't care how, whether it's in a boyfriend-girlfriend capacity or whether it's just sleeping with you. Mm-hmm. You understand? You understand? So, you know, understand denying this is for our religious Muslim men. You believe when you say, no, I'm married, I'm not really interested. No, you're not my type. That only sends a signal to her. Oh, really? You're not my type. Oh, you know, some women are going to walk away and say, oh, you think you all of that. You're arrogant, whatever the case may be. I wasn't checking for you anyway. But some women are going to sit back and say, hmm, I wonder how can I get this dude? How can I get him? 
How can I get this dude? Especially if you're married. Especially if you're married. How can I get this dude? Mm-hmm. So you uh, sometimes it's not as simple as just saying no. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not that simple. Can can I? Especially if you work around the woman and you got to see her every single day. Sometimes it's not that simple. Um, let me do. Let me let me say this right quick. Because I, I want to make a clear. So I want to make a distinction here. Because he just made a good point. This is probably for the person who is trying to be right, right. but's falling into a situation. Now you know. Again, I'm. I'm. This is this is me. So I am who I am. I ain't talking about you, Muslim hoes out there. All right, I, I ain't talking about you, you dudes. All right, who just think you can sleep with any woman you want to, and there's no consequences, no consequences. to it. You know, you on a whole nother. We we got something to talk about you about too, right? But we talking about the, the we the talking Muslim about the Muslim male thoughts, right? <laughs> yeah, we 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 on him, right? Not right now, but we are on a situation where a man who gets caught up and. You know, because things are tempting, things are out there, they're making themselves available. Because, again, most women do want a man. Right. So, they're going to try to get it at any minute. It's competition for women. Right. You know, so they want a man. So, here where you have to have a moral compass, and I think that's the word for the day, moral compass to say, look, I cannot indulge, I cannot... You know, engage in this sort of behavior like Yusuf. Because if you don't, then what happens is you fall into it. And then there's a whole there's a whole set of consequences that comes behind that. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Exactly. We're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you who don't, for those of the men who lack self-control mm-hmm. then the other side of that is to understand consequences that mm-hmm. there are consequences to your actions mm-hmm. all right both that affect you as well as the people that you love right um fornication adultery that's very serious in islam mm-hmm. that's a, that's one of the top major sins in islam mm-hmm. and going back to the the point of resisting mm-hmm. all right number one there was a moral compass mm-hmm. so I want you guys to follow me. Let me go back and itemize all of the things that we've discussed so far. So we've discussed, number one, if you're married and temptation is real. We validated that. Temptation mm-hmm. is real. We're not saying that temptation is not out there. Mm-hmm. We're not saying that you're not surrounded by women and, you, you know what I mean? And you, it, it's possible to be tempted. Mm-hmm. That can happen to anybody. It can happen to anybody. All right. But what do you do when you're tempted? Do you give in to the desire or do we turn to our religion and look at what our religion provides us? Mm-hmm. Number one, if the temptation is there and you're married, then go home to your wife. Mm-hmm. However, the danger with that is that a lot of Muslim men look at porn. Mm-hmm. You have a porn addiction. addiction. Mm-hmm. So as a result of that, you can't go home to your wife because you don't find sex with your wife pleasurable why because you are overstimulated yourself by Mm -hmm. constantly looking at pornography Mm -hmm. you you understand the danger of porn watching pornography as a man you overstimulate yourself you become like a crackhead Mm -hmm. excuse my excuse the term but you become like a crackhead how because you're constantly chasing this high Mm -hmm. so it's to the point where you can watch pornography so much 
that your wife does nothing for you sexually. Right. You can see your wife naked and it will do absolutely nothing, nothing for, for you. you. As a matter of fact, to some to such a degree, you can watch pornography to such a degree that it will desensitize you completely to the real thing mm-hmm. that you would much rather go and do master and masturbate watching pornography than sleeping with, with your, your own wife. wife. I'm I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Understand facts. Muslim that men. Facts. Understand Muslim men the danger and constantly looking at pornography. You are desensitizing yourself to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you in the, the, the act, the powerful act of sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. You are destroying that. You are desensitizing yourself to that. So much so that you would much rather masturbate while watching pornography than and go and sleep with, with your own wife. So when the Prophet ﷺ said, go home to your wife because she has what she has, when you have desensitized yourself, going home to your wife is going to do nothing for you. Right. The it desire is still going, going to, to be it. there. Right. So that's number one. If you're married, then go home to your wife. Mm-hmm. Number two, if you are not married, then fast. That's what the religion offers as a solution. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not take something from us except that he replaces it with what is better. better. I'll say that again. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not take something from us except that he replaces it with what is better. So if Allah tells you that zina is haram, then what is the solution? Fast. If you are married, go have sexual intimacy with your wife. If you're not married, fast. Okay. Now, on top of all of that, number three, moral compass is that you have to be moral. Mm-hmm. Moral. Understanding uh, you know the 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 implications of being moral, and that is that I don't have the luxury to engage in the behaviors that other people engage in because mm-hmm. I believe that it's wrong, right? Yusuf said to the to the woman, "I can't sleep with you. Your husband raised me. It's morally wrong." wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When a young man came to the Prophet sallallahu and asked permission to commit zina, mm-hmm. permission to fornicate. The Prophet ﷺ didn't tell the man fornication is haram, what up? Because that in that situation is not going to solve his problem. Mm-hmm. The, the Prophet ﷺ knew that if a if a man asks for permission to commit fornication, then he, he has no moral on. compass. Right. He got something else going the on. The moral compass, the needle on his moral compass was facing right. the low. wrong. It's off. It's low. <laughs> it's, it's off. Very low. <laughs> So the Prophet ﷺ, what did he say to that situation? He asked the young man, he said, do you have a mother? The young man said, yes, I have a mother. He said, would you like somebody to fornicate, sleep with your mother? And the young man said, no. The Prophet ﷺ said, well, likewise, people have mothers and they don't want people to sleep with their mother. Perhaps you go sleep with somebody's mother. Just mm-hmm. like you wouldn't want somebody to sleep with your mother, then, <laughs> right, don't go sleep with somebody, somebody else's mother. mother. Right. He refocused him very good. Mm-hmm. He he saw that his moral compass was off because if a man comes to a prophet and asks for permission to commit fornication, that shows that there's that yeah, the needle yeah, on your moral <laughs> compass is a little little crooked. Right. Right. So the Prophet yeah. refocused him by trying to make him have empathy for mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. That's a moral compass. Mm-hmm. 
empathy is part of our moral values, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Just like you wouldn't want somebody to do that to your mother or your sister, then don't do it to somebody else's. Let me ask you. That. Let me let me add this though. I want I want to say this because I don't want anybody to miss this part here. When going back to your wife after seeing something that turned you on, all right, let's let's, let's use real language here. Mm-hmm. You got turned on by somebody and you're going back to your wife. Now, don't go back to your wife with the whole turn on and, you know, I seen something else, you know, so I'm just going to bring it home to you. Prophet said bring it home to you and all that. Now, have some type of, you know, some type of, I guess y'all say swag or whatever, have something about yourself to where, because you still want to make sure that the woman that you are with feels appreciated. Right. It's not just you going and taking your your, exactly. your pleasure from her. Exactly. And she gets no pleasure. And she out gets of no it. pleasure out of it. Right. You know, so still coming to come to the come to the table, come to the situation with some type of Again, I guess the word would be empathy in this instance because this is going to be a given. This is going to be about reciprocity. You're right. going to get something, but you're going to give something too. Make her feel good about, hey, it's my woman. I love my woman. I care about my woman. You know, playing with her, act teasing with her, everything else. So you can set the mood. You can set the environment. So then you can get the true benefit. Right. Of, from of, your the, uh, of the intimacy. Exactly. The Prophet exactly. actually said that no man should go to his wife like a male camel goes to a she a she camel, taking its pleasure from her and then leaving her without allowing her to get, you know, her share of the pleasure out of that. So mm-hmm. very good point. The Prophet when he said go home to your wife because she has what she has, it doesn't mean just go home and satisfy your desire mm-hmm. and then leave your wife to just kind of hang near, you know, hang in the balance. Mm-hmm. And, and that's another problem. That's exactly. A, that's another issue in the Islamic community with uh, married couples is that you have a lot of men, you know, who... You know, doing a lot of sweet talking online and DMs and, you know, I mean, just think about a man who is not even pleasuring his own wife. And then you're, she finds emails or DMs or you talking to other women and what you about to do to them. And it's just like, but you're not even doing, doing that, that to me. With, with her. <laughs> like, you're not even doing that. Your, your current wife, the woman right. who you owe you know, sexual intimacy, you're not even satisfying her, yet you DMing other women, telling them what you want to do to them and what you're going to do to them, how long you can last. You know what I mean? Like, dude, please. Like, why are you lying to that woman? Right. You, you got to be kidding me, man. You you, lie, you DMing this woman, lying to her, talking about, you know, we're going to do it all night long. It's like, Two, but you seconds. five minutes, when, right. you know, on your wife. Five. Like, right. Five. Bye. Right. <laughs> Have several seats. <laughs> Gotta be kidding me, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this stuff has to stop, man. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but going back to my point, so there's, you know, going home, sexual intimacy, there's fasting, there is having a moral compass, having a moral compass, mm-hmm. um, as well as uh asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his intervention. That's mm-hmm. four, four strategies that mm-hmm. we just gave you. Mm-hmm. Four strategies to help deal with you know, this issue of uh, infidelity. For, for all you brothers who are trying to do right. Right. You know. So, in addition, I, I want to talk about the, the, you know, the how egregious 
uh, adultery is. Mm-hmm. You know, why is it so hated? Why is it such a bad thing? And this is something that, you know, in our communities today, it's like it's it's rampant, man. It's rampant. If I could show you guys the emails and DMs that I have received within the past two weeks of women talking about, you know, the the their husbands and you know the 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 way these husbands have ruined their marriages man and um let me just share something with you the prophet sallallahu he said idha adnab al abd kharaja minhu al iman wa kana ala ra'sihi kadhulla fa idha aqla'a raja'a ilayhi the prophet sallallahu he said that when a man commits zina and the word zina can is applicable to both adultery and fornication. fornication. Okay. What distinguishes the two? The siyak, the context in how you're using it. All right. If you're referring to a man or a woman who is currently married and they sleep with someone they are not married to, it's adultery. Or they're not married currently, but they were married previously and they sleep with someone that they are not married to. It is still considered adultery, even though you're not married because you were married before. You have experienced, right? You have experienced the institution of marriage. Okay. And that within itself places a responsibility on you, even though you're not married currently. So that's adultery. And the punishment for adultery, I was so amazed the other day when I said it and how many people did not understand what the punishment for adultery, the punishment for adultery in Islam is to be stoned Stoned to death. death. Mm -hmm. That is the punishment. There were two incidents during the time of the Prophet where people, you know, by their own admission, admitted to adultery and they were stoned to death. Two incidents that I know of uh, in the sunnah of the Prophet All right. So we have a whole bunch of dead men and dead women walking. Either you are not married currently, but you were married before and you are currently sleeping with somebody that you are not married to. That is adultery. Or you are married with someone and you sleep with someone that you are not married to. That is adultery. That means that in an Islamic society governed and ruled by the Sharia of Islam, you would be stoned to death. That is the punishment for that. And fornication, as Allah mentions in Surah number 24, And the fornicating male and the fornicating female, right? Flog both of them, each of them, a hundred times. Flog them, lash them a hundred times. And do not be driven by, you know, mercy or compassion to let them get away with that. That is their punishment. You understand? That is their punishment. So, you know, Understand the you know how dangerous, but the Prophet said that when the servant commits fornication, let me let me show you how ugly and how dangerous fornication is. And we're not even talking about adultery. We're not talking about married people or people who were married before sleeping with people they're not married to. We're talking about you know people who have never been married and they end up doing the act of fornication, sleeping with each other, and they're not married. The Prophet said that when the servant commits fornication, iman, his iman leaves him. Mm-hmm. His iman leaves him. And it hovers over his head like a cloud. 
Because your heart, you have done something that is so egregious. You have done something so heinous that your heart is not a place for your faith at the moment that you are doing that. Your, your iman has to leave your heart and hover over your head until you stop committing that act. And then your iman returns to you. Subhanallah, your heart is so filthy. Your heart is so, you know, it's, it's so sullied with mm -hmm. this sin that your iman can't even remain there. Your iman has to leave you and hover over your head until you leave the sin. Now, the scholars explain that this does not mean that the person is, uh, while he's doing or she's doing the act of fornication, that they are disbelievers. That's not what that means. Um, you know, the iman uh, being above your head, hovering over you, but it's still connected to you. And the scholars explain that that's like your soul at night when your soul leaves your body, but your soul is still connected to your body. So the soul is having an outer body experience, but it's still connected to the body. You understand? So your Iman functions the same way, that while it leaves your heart and hovers over your head, it is still connected to your body. So it doesn't mean that you are a disbeliever unless you consider the act of sleeping with the person halal. All right. And then, you know, oh, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother yeah, issue. Then that means that you are a disbeliever, not because you have done the act of fornication, but because you have made it halal. All right. Is that for females and males? Yes, of mm -hmm. course. All of the texts from the Quran and the Sunnah. All of the texts from the Quran and the Sunnah apply to both men and women, unless it's otherwise, you know, stated. All right. So I'm just showing you like how serious the act of fornication is. Um, and then, you know, um, the Prophet Sallallahu said, لَا تَزَالُ أُمَّتِي بِخَيْرٍ مَا لَمْ يَفْشُوا فِيهِمْ وَلَدُ زِينَ فَإِذَا فَشَى فِيهِمْ وَلَدُ زِينَ فَأَوْشَكْ أَنْ يُعَمَّهُمُ اللَّهُ بِعَذَابٍ The Prophet Sallallahu said that my ummah, my community, here again talking about the ugliness of zina. The Prophet ﷺ said that my ummah will never cease to remain in a good state so as long as children born out of wedlock does not become prevalent amongst them. My ummah will continue to remain upon khair, upon good, so as long as there does not become spread, widespread amongst them, waladuzina, children born out of wedlock. All right. In our society, we call, they call them bastard children, children that were born from male and female that did not have a commitment to one another. Now, listen to what the Prophet was saying. He said that if the one if the child from fornication or adultery, children that are born out of wedlock become widespread in my ummah then perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will place over them a punishment. The rage of the children that are born out of wedlock. There are studies that have been done mm -hmm. on the rage of the child born out of wedlock. Absolutely. The rage, right? The, 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 look at the child that is born out of wedlock. 
They have, some, many of them, they have a natural rage with them. And that is part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's punishment upon us as an ummah. And then you look at, on the day of the Eid, because that's when everybody come out with their children. Look at how many children. And subhanAllah, we have justified that. Muslim men, we've justified that. You know how? Because we will have relations with a woman, court her in a haram way, have relations with her. She ends up pregnant and then we'll say, oh, that's the child of the bed. I, mm. I'm not responsible for the child. I don't have to mm. take care of the child. So you would mislead this woman. You would lead this woman on, right? Mm -hmm. Not to say that the woman wasn't a willing participant, right? Right. But She's you had a, you had a nickel in that dime too. <laughs> you had a nickel. You in got a nickel in that dime now. Don't don't right. play games with it. Right. So you would lead this woman on, right? All the way up to the point where you are now sexually intimate with her. Mm -hmm. All right. Get the woman pregnant. And then decide, well, I'm not marrying you because I don't want to marry you. And I'm not responsible, responsible for, for the child, child because the child is a child of the bed. Gotta be kidding. No, a child is in the, the, the child is actually a child is in the child is the child is your child. Exactly. <laughs> that is not what the hadith means. Let me break this hadith down for you really quick. When the Prophet ﷺ said that, you know, that uh, that the child born out of wedlock belongs to the bed. What does that mean? Many people use this hadith and they don't even they don't have a clue the context that the hadith was mentioned in. That hadith was referring to a woman who was married and goes and has commits adultery. During that time, they had no way of finding out who the father was. So if a man came and said, my wife slept with someone else, the baby is not mine. The Prophet ﷺ said, the baby belongs to the bed. The baby belongs to the husband until we affirm that she slept with someone else. Yeah. If you don't have four witnesses, then you don't have a right to say that the child belongs to someone else. The child is yours. So the hadith actually works against the men who are using it, right? The bed that they share. You, you, you guys following me? Mm -hmm. The miseducation of the African-American Muslim. It's ridiculous. The child belongs to the bed, meaning the child belongs to the, the husband and the wife. Until you can prove that the child belongs to someone else. else. You understand? Mm -hmm. You don't have a right to accuse your wife of adultery or fornication. Until you produce four witnesses that actually seen the private part of the male disappear into the private part of the female. They saw penetration. If, unless you've seen that, the child is yours. Unless we can confirm that Islamically, the child is yours. So for the Muslim men who like to use this hadith and say the child is a child of the bed, meaning it belongs to the woman, I'm not responsible for that child. Number one, your understanding of the hadith is misconstrued. And number two, the child actually is yours, <laughs> especially with modern technology where we can swab your mouth <laughs> and, and then we the can child. swab the child. <laughs> and and in a matter of seconds, we can find <laughs> out whose DNA <laughs> that child is connected to. Mm -hmm. You understand? And if you put yourself in that sort of situation in the first place, then your moral compass, we go back to that again, right. is low. 
Because now if you got to sit there and deny a child, I'm trying to figure out why do I have to deny a child if you were sleeping if you wasn't sleeping right. with her. So not only are, are you are you so debaucherous right. that you would sleep with this woman, right? You would sleep with this woman, get her pregnant. pregnant. Not only would you do that, but then you turn around and deny that child a connection to you, mm-hmm. a biological connection to you. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's a whole other level of that's debauchery. Sick. That is sick, sick that's man. Sick. That is sick. sick. I'm really trying to figure out are many of these men even Muslim? I'm just being honest with you. That's an honest question. Men who do this stuff, I wouldn't care if they prayed five times a day. I wouldn't care if they prayed 20 times a day. The hypocrites in the community of the Prophet Wasallam used to pray five times a day. Hence, the Prophet Wasallam said, The contract between us and them, meaning the Muslims and the hypocrites, as long as they pray, I will consider them Muslims. <laughs> that was the Prophet Wasallam. The contract between us and them is the Salat. Whoever abandons the Salat is a disbeliever. So as long as the hypocrites prayed, the Prophet ﷺ would consider them Muslims. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you understand? As long as they established the Salat, the Prophet ﷺ would still consider them Muslim, even though he knew by way of revelation that they, they were, were not. Right. But he would treat them as Muslims. So stop looking at it as, well, he go to the masjid, he pray. Hypocrites pray. Hypocrites pray. Allah says in the Quran, Allah says very clearly in the Quran that the hypocrites, when they stand for the prayer, they stand in a very lazy way and they only remember Allah a little bit. Not of these and not of those. They're not disbelievers and they're not believers. So it's it's very important for us not to get distracted, not for us to excuse me. You doing a lot of blocking. Yeah, a lot of blocking today, man. <laughs> Subhanallah. Alright. So um that's 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 the other thing. Alright. So we, we clarified we, we covered a lot of ground tonight. The other thing I want to talk about with Muslim men who are married and can't seem to stay out of women's DMs, can't seem to stay off of women's pages, can't seem to stop liking women's pictures. As a Muslim man who is married, you should not be liking a picture of a woman because you think that she's cute or you think that she's beautiful. There is nothing Islamically that says that that is okay. That is not okay. Even if you said, I don't care if my wife likes pictures of other men, I, I don't, it doesn't bother me. This is not, your wife does not legislate what is halal or haram. Mm-hmm. Your, your wife doesn't make halal and haram. 
And yes, sisters do fish, but you have to understand there's a desperation, man. There's a desperation. And we're going to let women, inshallah, Sister Nayila, we got, we got women that can handle the women's issues. We're not dealing with women's issues because I don't want women to say, oh, he's misogynistic, blah, 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 blah. No, we're not doing that. Right. I'm not putting myself in that situation. We have qualified Muslim women to deal with Muslim women issues. You understand? We are dealing with the men. Mm-hmm. That is what we're dealing with. And we're only talking to men. We're, we're talking, talking to, to the men. Muslim men. We're talking to men, period. Right. Because, because oppression anywhere is oppression, oppression everywhere. everywhere. Exactly. So even if non-Muslim men are doing this to their women, the thing is, is that don't commit to a marriage. If you want to play around in the streets, you still want to be immature, then remain immature in the streets. But don't wife a woman, make a commitment to her in front of God, in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then turn around and violate it. Violate that commitment. Mm-hmm. All right? So I want to talk about consequences. What are the consequences of men sleeping with women that are not their wives? They're, 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 we have to, men, we have to learn to be consequence oriented. Okay. Mm-hmm. Consequence centered. The Quran from beginning to end, you would be hard pressed to scroll through a surah and not find uh, something dealing with a consequence. Consequences of an action, consequence of the past nations. Mm-hmm. Our entire book is consequence oriented. Right, it is. Right? You understand? So as married men, we have to understand that there are consequences to your behavior. There are consequences, both in this life and in the hereafter. Exactly. So let me give you um, a quote from Imam Shafi'i. Imam Shafi'i wrote a line of poetry. Listen to this very closely. Imam Shafi'i said, "Afwan ta'fu nisa'ukum fil muharrimi, tajannabu ma la yaliku bi muslimi." And this line of poetry translates. I want you guys to listen to this. Imam Shafi'i said, um, Protect your women from what is haram. Stay away from things that are unbefitting of a Muslim. He said, in the zina dainun akratahu, that zina, fornication and adultery is a debt. When you commit that act, you are making a withdrawal. It's a debt. He said, and the repay of that debt is that it's going to come back to one of the women in your own family. That's why he said at the beginning, mm-hmm. protect the women in your family. Protect the women from in your family. Because zina, fornication and adultery is a debt. And the repay of that debt is that it's going to come back to one of the women in your family. For all of you Muslim men that have daughters. And you're in a woman's DM. And you're communicating with this woman. You're misleading her. Leading her on. Manipulating her. We're going to get married. Inshallah, we're going to get married. And then you sleep with her. And you got a daughter. You got daughters. Mm-hmm. You got to understand how the consequences of that is going to come back to you, man. 
Do you think that you can do all of the things that you are doing with women and that's not going to come back to you? That's not going to come back to your daughter? Not possibly come back to your wife? Possibly come back to your mother, your sister? Mm -hmm. You have women in your family? That's going to come back. All right. I, I, I noticed that. That's kind of strange. Somebody said that it's mainly the ones with a lot of daughters that that fall into. Mm. That is, there's no con, there's no coincidence in that. That men who have a lot of women in their family, you got sisters, you got daughters. You understand what I'm saying? Like that's how is that going to come back to you? As Allah says in the Quran, do not think about a, a wrong that you've done that is only going to affect the people who did it. It's going to affect other people are going to be affected by that. All right? Other people are going to be affected by that. The Prophet Allah says in the Quran, as one of the prophets said, don't punish us because of what the ignorant from amongst us have done. You know, because sometimes Allah punishes the people and everybody is included in that, including the people who actually didn't do it. So understand that your actions have consequences. Allah says in the Quran, and the the compensation for evil is an evil just like it. The compensation for evil is an evil just like it. It may not affect you today. It may not affect you tomorrow. Why you think that you're in somebody's DM, you communicating in this woman? Why would it come back to his innocent daughter? Because sometimes you have to taste the you know the evil consequences of your actions so that you stop. Absolutely. Sometimes you have to take you have to taste the consequences of your actions in order for you to stop. Obviously, you're not going to stop on your own. So perhaps it may have to happen to your daughter. I mean, think about how many people sold drugs, right? You sell drugs, you selling drugs to other people's mothers. All right, and then your sister get start to oh, use drugs. drugs. Or your ch your daughter start to use drugs, or your wife start to use drugs, right? Right. Even though it's it's an individual's a, a responsibility and accountability that they're doing it, it's still something that your hands could have brought on and pushed them in that direction based upon this is I don't want to call it a fate, right? Right. But this is something that you have done. So now the person who is I mean, if you open that door, what ain't no telling what's loud. Right, you don't, get to, you don't get to control how that through. comes back to you. Exactly, you don't get to control how the consequences of your actions. You can't say, "Well, why would Allah test my daughter with that? Why would Allah punish my punish my daughter? Why not just punish me?" Because you don't get to control and that can the consequences. Be a, that of your that action. can be the punishment for you. Right, that yeah. is your punishment. That's your punishment. Perhaps it is your daughter next time. It's just like you go and, you know, you you rob somebody or you hurt somebody, all right? And then somebody come back and they shoot at your house, shoot at your family. You know, like your you open that door. Do, right. Your family, your family had, had, nothing had nothing to do, to do with it, that. but your family is going to suffer the consequences of your actions. Exactly. Absolutely. That's just in real life. You know, that's just real life. Mm -hmm. But don't think that, you know, your actions, the next time you decide to go and DM someone... The next time you decide to lead a woman on, the next time you decide to manipulate a woman and lead her on, think about the consequences of that action and how that's going to come back to you. 
Allah already promised you in the Quran, and the consequence or the compensation for evil is an evil just like it. So when you are DMing this woman and you don't you don't have a consciousness of what you are doing, you should remind yourself, how is this going to come back to me? You can mm -hmm. manipulate the woman all day long. You can DM her. You can send her pics of your private part. You can do all of that. But then you have to, at some point, own the fact that that is going to come back, back to in, you. It's going to come back to you. You're going to see it again. That is going to come back to you at some point. May not be today. May not be tomorrow. And it, but may, it may not be the way you think it's going to be. And it may not be the way that you think it's going to be. So what, what would you, in, in light of everything that we discussed, Hassan, what, mm -hmm. what final piece of advice do you have for, you know, Muslim men in this, you know, prevalence of, you know, um, this issue that we were talking about, you know, just a couple of uh, days ago about the mistress, you know, the Muslim man and his, his mistress, who mm -hmm. he eventually wifes and turns into a second wife, mm -hmm. you know, meanwhile... You know, having, you know, created all of this drama and, and all of this trauma to his first wife and to any other wife, subsequent wife after the first, mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, under the guise of polygyny. It's like we're, we're doing this like I, I have no desire to marry this woman, but because I got caught, I'm going to throw polygyny in there. Right. You know? Well, and, and, and that's the thing. And again, I want it to be understood that we're talking about the men. So... Part of this whole aspect is that this guy has no again, this guy has no shame, right? And he has no control over himself. What he can do is, and he don't want to do it right. Hmm. What do you mean so, he doesn't want to? Do he it doesn't right? want to go through. For instance, I've known people who, even in dealing with a situation and dealing with a woman, and say he wants to talk to the woman he wants to get the marry he wants to get to know the woman to marry the woman or whatever the case may be but he doesn't follow up with her going through the proper channels right you know he doesn't take it through the proper channels he wants to skirt in sideways and he doesn't want to do it right he doesn't want the checks and balances mm. so are you saying any brother who um courts a woman in a manner that is haram no wali no third party, no, you know, not going about it in the right way that he doesn't he, want to do he it. Right. Doesn't really he doesn't want to do it right. No, he doesn't want to do it right. He okay. may even still try to marry the woman under his guide, his thinking. Uh -huh. Right? He may even at some point he may even want to try to marry the woman, but he wants to do what he wants to do his way, his way with this woman. You see, so he may. You know, taste the woman. He may get with the woman. He may do this, and at some point decide he want to marry. Or so at some point say, you know what? I don't want to marry you. Whatever the case may be. Now, after knowing the woman, mm. you see, and so which then leaves this woman hemmed up because obviously she was a willing participant, but she's going under the other thing. She believed in the guy. She believed him. You know, he won. He won her over. He won her over. You know, he believed in her. So. In this situation here, she doesn't have anybody that's that's following up with her. Or she's talking to somebody to, you know, her Waquil or whatever the case may be. And this guy's telling her, you don't need a Waquil. Right. Or you don't need this. He wants to do what the heck he wants His to wife. do. 
His way. His way. And so what we do then is we throw all precautions, the safeguards that Allah has given us, that his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, has given us. We throw all that out the door, all that out the window. Mm. You know, and so we have nothing but chaos after we, what else do we have after that? Hmm. We have nothing but chaos to be able to guard, to guide us at this point. Because everybody's just following their own desires, following their own thoughts, following their own minds. And so in this, if you are this person, you actually need to go back, at, first and foremost, fear Allah. Come back. If you like this woman, I don't even say the person may not even like the woman. You know, but you have gotten used used to the whole way that the people who are non-Muslim do things. You have a system mm. now. That's a key word. You know, system. you have a system now and you have to follow the system. You have to go by the system. And that's where your blessings are going to come in. And somebody, Absolutely. somebody sit there and Absolutely. say, somebody sit there and say, well, I know people who did it and seem like they did it the wrong way. And they still look like they blessed. That might be here. But they still have to face Allah. They still them. have to answer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that. I mm -hmm. hope you guys are listening. That is, subhanAllah, so important. Some people say, well, this person didn't follow, they didn't follow the Islamic protocol. They didn't do it the right way. And it seemed like they're happy. It seems like everything is going well for them. Um, yeah, maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to give that to them in this life, but they still have to answer to Allah for how they went about their situation in the hereafter. Exactly. Exactly. That is not, you You didn't win. You didn't escape Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's, you know what I mean, his, his, his muhasaba, his, his accountability. You mm -hmm. didn't escape that. You are still going to be held accountable for that. Absolutely. Exactly. Very exactly. Powerful. Exactly. So here's what I'm saying. For all you who are trying to, uh, and again, polygyny, that's what you want to do. That's what you do. Mm. But do it right under the guidelines of where we supposed to be. Do not try to get in the position of, you know, you just with this woman, you kicked at this woman. You have, you have now cultivated an emotional relationship mm. with this woman. And what so do you, what do you mean when you say emotional relationship? Now what you have that? gotten her hit. You have gotten her attached to who you are. Mm. You have gotten her heart and her mind involved in you. Mm. You know, you have, you know, you know, said something slick, you know, I say slick, but you know, said something that has appealed to her. She done, she done bought hook, line and single to what you talking about and everything that goes along with that. And so now you, she, let me put it like this. She believes what you're saying. She is waiting on your every word. She is waiting on you to do. And so her sleeping with you is just, okay, but he said, I'm going to be his. Right. He said, he's going to marry me. He's going to marry me. So I really feel like I'm married to him anyway. You know, because that's what a lot of women women say. You know, I really feel like I was married. I'm married to him anyway. I feel like I was his woman already anyway. You did that, brother. Mm. You did that. And so mm. when you come around, and then now you're getting ready to drop this woman for fact that you're probably scared of your first wife, you know, or your current wife. You're probably scared in the first place. I put it out there. That's why you're tipping around in the first place because right. you're scared of your one you got. Right. So now when you go to doing this, 
and you're saying, okay, yeah, sister, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and you slipping around, and you doing these things here, you are ruining another, uh, one of Allah's creations, one of Allah's creatures. Mm. You are ruining her. I, I hope. I, let me let me just let me just uh, uh, accentuate this for you. What Hassan is saying is that brothers, when you slide into a woman's DM and you begin stringing her along because you have appealed to some vulnerability that she, that she has. has. All right. And men, we are experts at finding, getting in there, finding out what the woman's vulnerability is, and then playing on that. It's almost like a devil. You become mm -hmm. like the devil's advocate. Because if you were truly, if that was truly your sister in Islam, and you saw she had a vulnerability, you would not play on you that. You wouldn't exploit it. You would not exploit that for your own purposes. That's what Shaitan does to us. Exactly. That's what Shaitan does to us. He finds our vulnerability and then he exploits it for his own sinister, you know, reasons. And that's what we do. We play the role of Shaitan. We find the woman's weakness. We find her vulnerability. We ask her enough questions for her to tell us exactly. so much about herself. herself. And you told her, her nothing. Right. Right. Nothing. Right. Nothing. You you got the woman to tell you about her past relationship and she was abused. And right. once she told you she was abused, you know her vulnerability now. Now, exactly. oh, you were abused. Oh, I'm never gonna hurt you. I would never put my hands on you because I don't I don't hit women. Because you know, and you come I, up with this I'm whole right. philosophy, I, exactly. right? Why you don't hit women and why you deal with situations in such a nice manner, what blah 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 until you got her. Once you have her, you string her along. You play on that. You string her along until you can separate her logic from her, her emotion. emotion. That is the game. Sisters, pay attention. You're not going to get this game nowhere else. We're giving you game right now. Exactly. The man will continue to string you along until he separates you from your rationale. And then you're going to be calling, me, calling us up. He did this to me. He said this to me. This right. and this and this and that. And I'm going to listen to you, sister. I'm going to say, well, you know, may Allah make this easy for you. Right. May he grant you ease and grant you patience. This is where you went wrong. Now, right. This is how you have to uncouple you, you got, yourself you got to go. This. You got to backtrack a little bit. Exactly. You got to backtrack a little bit and find out where your emotions, emotions and your logic, logic separated. separated. Where he separated you from your emotions right. and your logic. Just ask because the that is the Right. That is exactly. the moment you went wrong. wrong. That is the moment you went wrong. Mm -hmm. When you separated your rationale, your logic, from your emotion. Mm -hmm. As women, you need both. You have, to le you have to use your emotions because that's who you are. Uh, right. But you also need your logic. Right. Men are not necessarily emotional. We don't lead with our emotions. We lead with logic, which is what allows us to do things to people in a sociopathic capacity exactly. or context. Exactly. Take advantage of someone and keep it moving. We don't feel anything. We can sleep with a woman tonight, wake up tomorrow, put our clothes on. And she gone. thinks we're in a relationship. And I'm I gone. say, I'm out of here. We ain't in no relationship. <laughs> what allows us to do that mm -hmm. is that we did not engage in that act using emotion. It was pure logic for us. Understand mm -hmm. how men and women function. Mm -hmm. Understand.
So the moment he separated you from your logic, your rationale, and your emotion, that is the moment you lost yourself. That is the moment you got entangled in this situation completely emotionally attached. Mm -hmm. He had no intention on marrying you. None. He knows that he has a first wife. He knows that his first wife is not having him marry a second wife. (laughs) I won't even call it crazy, but she ain't having it. His first wife is not even... The discussion of polygyny never even came up in his household. Mm-hmm. That's how far he removed right. he hasn't cultivated her at all. At all, there was never polygyny. any conversation with his first wife about polygyny. polygyny. He had no intentions on marrying you whatsoever, or he intended on marrying you. He pitched the conversation with his first wife. She was not she having it, it down. but he done already strung she you along. along. There's already an emotional relationship there. So he can't just tell you we got to cut it off. So he's going to continue on with you until he can no longer continue with you. You understand? Mm -hmm. He's going to continue with you until he can no longer continue with you. Meaning until his first wife find out or until he's just tired of the situation and it it kind of just fizzles out. Right. And he finds a way to go ahead and you do something that really was minor. Right. And but he's gonna cut you loose on. He's gonna make it. He's gonna exaggerate it because right. that's his exit. That's his exit. That's his exit. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? This situation ain't working between them. Meanwhile, you've been doing the same thing since y'all met each other. Exactly. But now all of a sudden he finds it convenient. Are oh, you pressuring him too much? Right. You pressuring him too right. much. <laughs> right. <laughs> You pressuring him? You're, you're pressuring him. You know why I, you I, looking for? I, I, why you time? want a date now? You know, and right? Then we talk about this before. You know, yeah. You know, when you are really in the right with asking, look, you talking about marrying me? Right. When are we going to get married? Right. What you looking for? You know, why you keep? I got so many things going on. I got a lot on my mind, and blah 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 blah. How, you know, but how, but how this could need, a Muslim man say to a woman, <laughs> "You pressuring me to marry"? <laughs> the only the only way we can have a relationship is if we're married. Exactly. What do you mean? Exactly. Why am I press, See, pressuring you, you, you to get me, married? I'm trying to put that head back in, man. You trying? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to make sure it don't come out, right? But you sitting there, and this this cat is telling you that you are pressuring, and then when only thing you are asking is a real solid question: When are we going, when are to, we get going to get married? married? If he can't when? answer that question but, for you, and then he talking about you pressuring. Excuse me, I, but she said you talking about he pressuring you, but he can continue to talk to you. Right. He can continue to kick it with you. He can continue to benefits. Exactly. Get the benefits. Exactly. He can continue exactly. getting the benefits from you. Exactly. Meanwhile, you're still trying to get an answer out of him. So what you need to do as a woman is to say everything stops right now until you give me a definitive answer. When are we going to get married? You understand? Mm. But, but that ain't going to happen. I had too many people who come to in, 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 in our inbox and who sits in front of us who talk about this very same thing. Why did he do me this way? What happened? Why this happened? And we're telling you why it happened. And then what, what makes matters worse is that you as a woman leave out of this situation so damaged that you are no good for the guy who comes along who really want to wife you. That that speaks to a whole nother issue. 
You are so emotionally damaged that even after this situation is over, you'll either say, I ain't never getting married. That was such a horrible experience. And then here comes, you know, the good brother who really wants to wife you and do it the right way. And then you will superimpose on him what this man did to you because he done already nurtured you. He done cultivated you on what was haram. So you're so accustomed to doing things haram that when the right man comes along and he says, can I get your Wali number? You say, you don't need my Wali number. Let, let me talk to you first to find out whether or not. Well, you. Meanwhile, exactly. that's exactly what you wanted the first guy to do. Exactly. The first guy cultivated you, nurtured you, breastfed you on what was haram, and now you're going to turn around and do it to somebody Wait, else. You ain't understanding how deep that actually gets, though. Oh, please, let, me, let, man. let me show you what happens. Because he has cultivated on the haram, she has now gotten to a point that she may not even have a problem talking to a Catholic. Right. Right. Shaitan keeps winning. Thank you. Shaitan keeps winning. Exactly. Every situation he's won. Absolutely. Speaking to the speaking to the point that Hassan just made, you as a woman coming out of this situation, you might say, This dude hurt me, he strung me along, or whatever the case may be. I'm tired of Muslim men. I'm tired of Muslim men altogether, so I'm gonna go get me a non-Muslim dude. I ain't got to worry about him, you know, running no games on me. Nah, you might, the the non-Muslim dude might actually be really good for you. The only thing wrong with that situation is that he's a non-Muslim. He's non-Muslim. And that will never be halal. That will never be halal. I don't care how good of a man he is. He would never be halal. He would never be halal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Allah will never give a non-Muslim man authority over a Muslim woman. Yeah, you run straight to the Christian guy because you think he's not going to hurt me. But shaitan won again. Mm-hmm. The very thing that you are running away from is the very thing that you are falling into. You went from being Muslim, being strung along by a Muslim man, to on your way out of Islam Damn, altogether. altogether. <laughs> Still looking for love, chasing love. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he has he nurtured you, he cultivated you, he accustomed you to doing things in a haram manner that when a man comes along and actually wants to do it the right way, he said, Can I have your Wali number? And then you say, Well, you don't need my Wali number because I went through that with my previous, you know, intendant. You know, meanwhile, he never asked you for your Wali number. Y'all started kicking it from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Here the guy comes and says, Let me have your Wali number. You say, Before I give you my Wali number, let me get to know you first. Meanwhile, that's exactly what you wanted the first guy to, to do. To ask you for your Wali number so you could do it the right way. But he done cultivated you and nurtured you on what is haram. Brothers, understand how dangerous this is for you. you. Because the Prophet exactly. said that he who starts an evil practice in my religion, he will have the sin of doing it and the sin of everyone who follows oh, it. Exactly. You understand? Exactly. You are cultivating. So when you cultivate a woman on what is haram, and then she goes and courts a man, courts this man in a manner that is haram, you share in, you all, share of in all of because that. Because you taught her how to do, do that. It. You taught her you how to court. The building block. You were the there building you blocks of that. There you go. You were the building blocks of there that. There you go. There you go. We dissecting this whole this whole piece, man. 
So while you move on and marry your woman, finally as a Muslim man, you go and get married. Meanwhile, this, you are right. Right, you think you're okay you right. because you don't went and got married. You made Toba right. from this situation. You go and get married and you live your best life. But you done cultivated this woman on what is haram and she is wallowing in the haram wow. with every man she comes in contact with. Meanwhile, you're married, living your best life. Guess what? You, you still are sharing still, still sharing you're in still all sharing of those sins. You're still sharing that. You're still sharing in all of those sins because you was the one who taught her how to court in the haram way. You were the one who taught her how to do that. So Muslim men... Be aware of your actions, man. We are responsible in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We, we are responsible. We are men. We carry the bulk of, of, of the haram that goes on in our communities. communities. We carry the bulk of that. Mm-hmm. As men, all of what we see going on in our community, the bulk of that falls on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. And that includes our children, mm-hmm. our Muslim children who are out here being killed, who are being slain. We're praying janazah prayers over these children on a day-to-day basis. We share in that. These Muslim women that are out here that are single, these Muslim women who are out here courting in a haram manner, women follow men. Understand that. Mm-hmm. Women. That doesn't mean that I'm taking anything away Wait, from, from women. Uh, one, right. Women she are still strong. Has accountability. They they're still strong have accountability. in their own spot. Right. Women follow men. When men are handling their business and doing things in the right way, it is only natural that women follow suit. Only natural. Only natural. So... Um, so in, in ending, man, and Hassan, you have, you know, any last pieces of advice? To, yeah, man, know, to step up, step up, man, quit, 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 quit this, this, this Jahaliya stuff, quit this, you know, days of ignorance stuff man. and quit stringing women along. If you're going to be real about taking on another wife, be real about it. If you're not, leave it alone. Quit following, put, put, quit putting yourself in Tempting situations, right? No, I, I mean it, it's it's bad out here already because it's it's a slew of one. I mean, I live in Atlanta. I can't see and see, okay. <laughs> and so you know it, it's bad enough as it is. So don't don't you now go and play with the fire that's already there. Very good analogy. You're playing with the fire. You're playing with the fire. And, and, and I mean, in our communities, in the Muslim community, it has to be in the African American Muslim community. It mm-hmm. has to be at least between f- the female to male ratio has to be at least between four to five women for every one Muslim man. That means that there are four desperate women mm-hmm. out here. That's fire. Mm-hmm. That's fire. That's four and women as a who men, just need a man, just and, need a man, and, just and, want and a man's come, attention, and coming to get you, right? You know, and you're going and DMing a woman. You are playing with fire. And then Stop women are coming playing to this, with fire. Women are coming to this dean every day. Right. Every day, women are taking shahada every day. Who don't know what they're supposed to know when it comes to dealing with male female situations. Right. They think where they're coming from is okay. They have right. not learned what it is to be Muslima, really. They know, okay, I, I know that I say Allah, 
and I do this or whatever the case may be, but they don't have the intricacies or the adab on knowing how to deal how? Right. in 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 male female relationships. So they are still on autopilot from what they really walked away from. Right. And so you kicking it up on them, it's just going to be like, oh, okay, this is how it works. Right. We 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 are nurturing them on what is incorrect. Exactly. Rather than pulling them up and saying, nah, this is not the way we handle that. We we don't do that like this in Islam. In Islam, we go about things in this fashion or that fashion. We don't, you know, I mean, it, it, it just really, it just really speaks to, I mean, there's so many levels. It's, it's like we just unpack so much in this little bit of time that we've been talking, man. Like, it, it just, it's just really sad. It's really sad that... In our communities today, rather than Muslim men being the protectors, the maintainers, the all of these great qualities that we quote when it's convenient for us. We exploit. We exploit. We exploit. We exploit, we exploit and take advantage. Mm-hmm. Pillage. Okay. <laughs> Pillage. We go into communities, marry two, three sisters, get two of them pregnant, ain't taking care of none of the kids. There's emotional damage. Out and go somewhere right. else. Right, and then and go, the go somewhere thing. else and do, do something, do the same thing to somebody else. Exactly. Pillage. Do you know what the word pillage means? To go into a village, to go into a city, and just create complete destruction. destruction. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَلَا تُفْسِدُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ بَعْدِ إِسْلَاحِهَا do not create corruption in the earth after it has already been rectified. When things are right, when things are put in place, do not go and create corruption in the earth. And that is what many Muslim men are, are doing. doing. You are creating corruption in the earth. Now, I don't know about all these other nationalities. When I'm talking, I now am talking to black Muslim men. African American Muslim men. Now I'm sure the other communities do it. I'm talking about my community. I'm talking about you, brother, who are going out here doing these things to our, our, our women and then thinking it's okay. You are leading people astray for your own satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's only two types of people Allah mentions in the Quran. You're either mufsid or muslih. You're either the person who makes things right, muslih, or you are mufsid, or you are the person who corrupts things and makes them worse. You choose which path, because we see what the path of the mufsidin, those who create corruption in the earth, those who make things wrong, who set things wrong, we see the end result of them. And then we see the end result of people who are trying to make things right. What we are doing here tonight, this discussion, is in hopes that we are on the side of the Muslim, those who are trying to set things right. We're trying to restore the balance back to the Muslim community, dealing with the men. The men. You know what I mean? Like, you, you got to understand, like, you know, the damage that has been caused in these communities, man. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, inshallah ta'ala, um, I don't know, you got time for questions. You want to take a question? I'll take a question too. Yeah. All right, so Hassan said that I'm going to fall back on the questions. I'm going to benefit from the shake here. Oh, don't do um, me like that. <laughs> so, if you guys have a question that you would like I to ask, I ain't taking many because I, I got to Maybe go. one, maybe one or two, inshallah. Right. Maybe one or two, inshallah. If you have a question related to the topic, um, please go ahead and ask. Mm-hmm. 
You got any questions? None. None came in over here. We'll give it a minute or two for if you guys well, have you, any you, questions. You ain't got to have a question. You don't have to have one if you got it. <laughs> can you take my call or request? Uh, where can people reach out to you, Hassan? Oh, inshallah. Um, y'all can reach me at uh, info at thatclaycouple.com. Um, that's that's going to be the best way you can get it. Or go to our website. That's www.thatclaycouple.com and hit... Um, Contact and you can send us a contact from there as well, inshallah. Uh, or hit me on in, in, what or hashtag that clay couple. You can get me anywhere like that. Uh, brother Shamsuddin from DC said, "Give you the salams." Nah, mashallah. So, uh, somebody on here was a Christian that said, "Do we accept Christians?" Uh, yes. If you have any counseling, you have any questions or whatever, we yes. don't discriminate. We don't discriminate. We're Muslim, right. but our message is universal. Exactly. We don't. We don't discriminate. Exactly. We don't discriminate based upon your religion. Based right. upon. Your uh, I have religion. a client base. I have a pretty. I have a pretty diverse client base. So, you know, if you have, if you want to reach reach us as well, you can do that. Same information. Thatclaycouple.com. Okay. Uh, any any other questions? Um, in relation to what we covered tonight. I hope you guys paid attention. I hope you guys took notes. I hope you guys, you know, peep game. You know, mm-hmm. we, we gave you some, so we gave you game tonight, man. Free of charge. Free of charge. Because I, I mean, charge, normally I charge for my stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's it's actually kind of late here. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We, we're here in Atlanta. We got a program tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's kind of late. And But, you know, we do it for the love of, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first right. and foremost. And the love for the Muslim community. Right. Allah right. that we, we don't, we ain't asking for any, we don't want anything else from you guys mm-hmm. other than to take the information exactly. and apply it. Exactly, exactly. Alhamdulillah. Okay. So you can share the information. You can go to Hassan and Nayila's uh, Facebook page. I think uh, Nayila streamed it live as well on their page. Uh, please share the information. Pay Zakat on your knowledge by sharing it with other people. Share the information, inshallah. Share the page. Uh, if you need to reach out to them, inshallah, he already gave you everything that you need. Jazakumallahu mm-hmm. khayran. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you all. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam tasliman kathira. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Yes, I will make the video available on YouTube, inshallah. And I will post the audio on um, on Anchor on my podcast. Assalamu alaikum.